0: This episode of The Vergecast is brought to you by Qualcomm Snapdragon Gigabit LTE. With download speeds up to seven times faster than typical home Wi-Fi, Snapdragon Gigabit LTE can turbocharge all of your connected apps. You can stream 360-degree video in 4K resolution with minimal buffering. You can access files in the cloud nearly as fast as you would if they were stored on your phone. You can download hours of movies or music in a matter of seconds. To learn more, visit www.snapdragon.com gigabit today. Hello and welcome to the Vergecast, the flagship podcast of the theverge.mobi, a WAP site optimized for the Nokia 3310. Oh man, I miss WAP. <laughs> yeah, WAP was great. Hey, we have a, there's another ship in the Armada. Mm. It happened. A new boat. We're no longer alone on the ocean of audio. Uh, Caitlin Tiffany and Ashley Carmen launched. Why'd you push that button? It's a it, great It's podcast. really good.
1: It's so good.
0: First episode, second day, was in the top five technology iTunes podcasts on its first day. Got all the way up to number four. Wow. Pretty amazing. So go listen to that. It's on
1: iTunes, on Stitcher. It's on Spotify, wherever you listen to stuff. Can I just say, they deserve it. It it was a really good show, and I'm really excited for, like, literally every single topic that is upcoming. It's everything. It's like, I need to know. I yeah. need to understand this.
0: Yeah. The next one, you're prominently featured in the intro to the next one, which is about read receipts and why you turn them on, why you turn them oh. off, and how they work. So that's coming. That's Tuesday Spoilers. It's not a spoiler. <laughs>
1: Those are just the questions. I haven't spoiled anything. That's like being like, there's a there's a movie about a man who's a spider. On the last episode, Caitlin, or no, Ashley quoted me saying that I accidentally super liked people, and yeah. Caitlin's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people said that.
0: Anyway, listen to that. It's everywhere. It's great. Two- Two podcasts in the Armada. We remain the flagship. Boat number one. Boat. <laughs> first boat. Rambo, first boat. Um, we're also part of the Vox Media network of podcasts. I contend that we are the flagship of that network as well. I agree. Other folks. Come at us, Ezra. And Ezra. Do not agree. Although, potentially also not paying attention. Uh, but yeah, that's that. Anyway, Dieter's here. Hey, Dieter. Hello. Uh, how's it going? It's going really well. You're not here this week. Right. Back in San Francisco. Sorry. Paul is here. Hello. And I remain as ever, your captain. Mm. I almost got through it. Anyway, I'm Neil. I'm, I'm also <laughs> here. So, Dieter, I feel like we could do the yeah. entire show on just one
2: topic just about POLED screens. Just about OLED screens. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts.
0: But so to set the stage, it's Pixel 2 review week. Dieter was here. He was on Circuit Breaker Live with me and Paul, so if you want to watch us yell about OLED screens, go on the website. You can watch that video. Yeah, but let's talk about it now. We looked at it. You reviewed it. Before we go into screens, what do you think of the phone?
2: Does that make any sense? Uh, I think, yeah, no. The this is an incredible, amazing phone. Uh, it has an incredible, amazing camera. The one bad photo I acts uh, or mistakenly called good on Twitter, notwithstanding. And get into that if you want. I kind still think it's a good photo.
1: I Don't beat yourself up. I um, like it.
2: Anyway, the camera's just stupid good. It's fast. It, uh, it feels really good to hold, even though it feels kind of plasticky because they coated it in plastic. Um, it does all of the things you want a phone to do, and it does some, some things surprisingly well. Um, I actually am using the squeeze for assistant, which I never expected is a phrase that would come out of my mouth. Are you intentionally Um, squeezing? I am intentionally squeezing. It's funny. So you don't know you can squeeze the phone and it launches a Google assistant. Fine. Um, But you can adjust to the, how hard just you have to squeeze it. And I am just constantly changing it. It's like too high. It's too low. I can't find the perfect middle ground. Cause if you have it too low, you pick the thing up and it launches and yeah, that's no good. You have it too high. You have to just grip it really hard. Um, anyway, uh, so I have not a ton of complaints. I wish it had wireless charging, but not so much that I'm really angry about it. It fast charges very well. And Google does include a proper fast charger in the box. Um, the lack of a 3.5 millimeter headset jack is another thing I imagine we could spend the entire podcast talking about. Uh, but it's very good at Bluetooth, unlike the last pixel. So whatever. Um, so I basically ended the review by saying, if it weren't for those two small things plus the screen, I would be giving this thing the highest rating I've ever given a phone in my entire life. And let's, uh, let's, 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 let's talk about that math. So the problematic.
0: So the, the math was, yeah. we gave the iPhone 8 an 8, which I felt was yep appropriate.
1: <laughs> Wait, so we, they walked right into that one. <laughs> just
0: walked into that <laughs> one. Uh, and we gave it an 8. We've traditionally given iPhones 9s. So I think that's not a secret. Um, we yep. talked about it, and we're like, this design is somewhat old, and the headphone jack is somewhat annoying mm-hmm. and there's a newer more interesting iphone coming out we're going to shave off a point that made sense
2: i also think that price factored into that iphone score like it's pretty it's a pretty expensive phone and there are lots of you know presumably good reasons why but and it is does have an insanely good processor and slightly updated cameras over the 7 but when you look at the value proposition of the iphone 8 versus the iphone 7 I don't know that it fully justifies its price,
0: and this is borne out because there are studies coming out this week saying people are buying more sevens than eights. So eight sales are slow; Which is just the seven is the outselling worst look eight. ever.
2: <laughs>
1: That's wild.
0: Um, and presumably, all the people who would be buying an eight and pushing that number higher are waiting for the ten. The deafening silence around the iPhone ten is real. I'll just tell you that right now.
1: So just just to be clear, I feel like this is where you're going, but. I don't totally understand our review system, but here's because I don't review things very often because I'm super biased. But (laughs) you can't just drop a phone into this pure mathematical scientific function of the Verge review process and get out uh, a number. It's very contextual.
2: It's very contextual. It's it's, it's it's contextual. It's based on the opinion of the person. It's it's incredibly contextual to its time. Um, and I guess it's place, I don't know. And also like it's cost. Um, it is in the same way that like we struggle to, we pay a lot of attention to, you know, our like last few lines of the review and like how we're going to like end it. Uh, we pay a lot of attention to the score, not as a like scientific metric, like DXO marks camera scores, which themselves are not so scientific. Um, you might argue, uh, <laughs> but as a, like another editorial statement about the thing.
0: Yeah, so that's a all lengthy aside. So then we were with the Pixel Two, dear. It sounds to me like you're saying you would have given it a nine point five, and you just took off a whole point for the screen. And the headphone yeah, I jack. mean, and it that, would
2: have been a nine or a nine point five. A nine point five, uh, I would have had lots of feelings about a score that high, and I'm not quite sure I would do it, especially yeah. with like the headphone jack. Um, but it like that would have been the debate is this a nine or a 9.5? Uh, instead it was is this a eight or an 8.5 or do we you know even go lower depending on how angry we are at the screen um and and this the screen in particular we should be really clear we're talking mostly about the screen on the pixel XL, which is a screen that's manufactured by LG. Um, the screen on the smaller pixel 2 is manufactured by Samsung and the whole thing is manufactured built by HTC. Um, it is also not a a vibrant, super bright screen like you might be used to on Android phones, but because it's tuned to sRGB, but it doesn't have a lot of the technical deficiencies that you see on the LG screen on the pixel Two XL. Right. And that's again, before we do this whole thing, I just want to point out that I bought one of these phones. It's coming whenever it shows up. If Google manages to actually ship these things Um, and I'm very happy with the purchase. Uh, I, when I look at this phone day to day, I'm very happy with it. When I look at photos that I take on this phone, I'm very happy with it. They just happen to look different when I look at them on another screen.
0: Yeah. So I think that's where the you're saying the scores are an editorial judgment because I think if Vlad, who also has a Pixel 2 XL review unit, uh, he basically thinks the screen is a disaster. He actually published that yeah. headline, I believe, on our website.
1: I think the screen looks <laughs> very bad. Uh, I also bought this phone— can you guys clarify? I mean, I, I, I looked at it and like off. I The thing that bugged me was the off axis. I, and I, I'm definitely like subdued colors.
2: Okay. So let me. There hear- are three issues with the screen. Yeah. Number one, the classic, when you look at it at uh, different angles, the color temperature changes wildly. That's a thing that happened to OLED screens for a very long time that basically Samsung had resolved in more recent phones. So that's issue one. Issue two is the color tuning which Google insists they've done to sRGB to make more naturalistic, but when I look at the color tuning, it uh, it looks like very blue, reds look very brown, it just looks very like desaturated and kind of washed out. Um, the third issue, which may or may not be related to the second issue, is the thing that folks uh, like Ars Technica have been talking about and I believe Android central a little bit, which is there's this weird sense of like grit. Yep. in between the pixels and the surface of the screen, where if you turn this, the brightness way down and you scroll, you can kind of see that there's like, I don't know, it's like muddy. There's like dirt or dust or like just like a screen or something in between you and like what you're what you're scrolling. And trying to put all those together and describe them in like accurate language is relatively difficult. It makes me say like all the time, more than usual, like a <laughs> lot. Like here I am saying like, um, but it adds up to a, a thing that, is just a little bit – it doesn't look perfect the way that you expect an $850 smartphone screen. So look.
0: I would go even farther. It's not that the bar is perfect. Mm. The bar is nice to look at. Whoa. And I those are different. Those are That's a wildly subjective thing. So there's a, mm-hmm. a gap between a perfectly color-accurate display and what you like to look at. Mm-hmm it's just true and that's why TVs come out of the box looking crazy they're wildly inaccurate the I have said this a lot I'm getting a lot of heat for it I think the best display on the market is the iPhone LCD right Apple calibrates each one individually in the factory they're not dead accurate they're really accurate but they're tuned to be pleasant mm-hmm. right so there's a gap between absolute color accuracy and sort of what your eyes want to see and they apple's just hit that sweet spot I think other people like to look at Samsung OLEDs, right. which I think, Dieter, you've called them phantasmagoric, which are ultra-saturated yeah. and vibrant and crazy. You can
2: switch the color gamut setting to Samsung's to be a little little bit saner, but that's not the default out of the box.
0: But even I have um, I have the Pixel 1 right here. <laughs> this is a tale of woe as to why my SIM card is in this phone right now. But um, even this to me looks crazy. So there's there's just that color tuning. Google just botched that, and that's like somewhere in the code they went. They aimed for like complete pure technical accuracy. If it's just code, they can fix that. Presumably, we don't
2: know, but like, and they've they've implied in a statement that they would consider doing that.
0: Then there's a question
2: of did they botch it or did they just make the wrong philosophical choice? And you know what I mean? Like it wasn't just like a screw up. They chose to to make this color because they're trying to do like the morally right thing from a color temperature well, philosophically, perspective. If you, you can ask make our the photo wrong editor and that's a botch. Yes, fair. But it's not necessarily a technical botch in that regard. Sure. Anyway, so th- there's okay. that. That's a whole thing. Then there's
0: the muddy grainy pixel thing and I'm yes. I will just <laughs> This is like a throwback.
2: Mhm. If this you say is the word Pentile, the pixel, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> that's
0: what I'm going to say. Well, God damn it. It's not a Stripe Pixel arrangement. So the early OLED screens that were Pentile, that's Samsung's trademark, had this problem all the time. And so all that's happening is LG is making all of Samsung's mistakes five years after Samsung fixed it. But it's not – you can't just blame LG because Google bought the displays and shipped the phone. Mm-hmm. So they made the choice to use an obviously substandard part. If they put a crappier processor in there, is that Qualcomm's fault? Like, I, I just don't understand what drove them to use this this panel. Because the panel, the hardware of the panel and the blue tint off-axis, you, you can't fix those problems. Right. You might be able to fix the money colors, but you can't fix the literal RGB dot arrangement on the thing that causes it to look grainy. And you can't fix that the polarizer on top causes the off-axis shift. If you know those are going to be problems, what are you doing, Dieter? What are they doing?
2: I I don't know, man. Sorry, <laughs> I've, I clicked the link and then there was sound, and my whole my whole computer decided <laughs> to be angry at me. But I was listening to everything you said. I promise. I promise. No, what are they listening. like? Uh, they the one of the issues here is this idea that these are Google made phones. When everybody knows that LG manufactured this phone, so what things are made by Google? What things are made by LG? Um, what things are made in what factory and who actually did the real design, whatever. So one of the things is we know that this thing very closely resembles the LG V30, which has other problems, uh, other screen problems. And so do do we blame Google for just picking LG? Do we blame like the market dynamics because they tried to have Huawei make one and Huawei couldn't pull it off? Uh, Do we blame them for wanting to go with HTC, but HTC can't figure out how to make a bezel-less phone. Look at the U11 and it's big, giant bezels. And they're like, well, we got to go bezel-less. So what's, who out there can build that for us? Um, I don't know. I, I it's would, hard. I don't know quite where to land on it. I would
1: say I would at least expect the phones to be the same. Like, yeah. I, I I understand why. I feel like if Google is going to bill itself as a hardware creator, like, like, one of my favorite things about these phones is that they have the same camera in both phones. Yep. Yeah. Because it makes me not feel like a second-class citizen for liking small phones. But you would expect that they could at least—I don't know. I, I would definitely blame Google. Not that not that maybe they couldn't have delivered a phone this year, and they have to deliver a phone this year, so there's nothing they could have done. But it just means they need to get better at this.
0: Way better. So they just hired, you know, a 1,000 engineers for a billion dollars. hmm 2,000. Two thousand engineers for a billion dollars. Uh, they're all from HTC, right? Do they know how to make <laughs> <Yeah>. OLED displays? <laughs> Someone. <laughs> um, and so that so that's so here's the tale of woe. My iPhone 6s broke. Mm-hmm. My vengeful iPhone 6s. I'm just going to hold on to this because it has a headphone jack. Broke. In what way? The camera decided. Well, first the battery died, and I put a weird, shitty aftermarket battery into it, and that got very hot. Right. Then the camera decided that it no longer wanted to live in its housing, and it would just rattle whenever you turn it on because the autofocus decided that it would just rattle. Oh, you showed me some of this. It was crazy. So I put my SIM into the—we needed the iPhone 8 for review, so it's like out in the world. Photos are always getting taken of it. Uh, So I put it in the 7 review unit, and then I'm just going to admit this on the show— to Apple I dropped it on the concrete stairs here in the office and it shattered and that was fine and then I dropped it again and then it's not ringing so
1: that is a problem <laughs> wait you dropped it and the screen shattered but then you dropped it again. Again, again, and it broke. And broke. now the screen doesn't light up anymore.
0: Oh my god. It's gosh. still buzzing away. It's still getting my iMessages. I've seen some pretty busted screens. Yeah. I've Wait, seen screens with that's the iMessage are going? Yeah.
2: You uh, left iMessage on?
0: Well, so this has only all happened today. <laughs> this is very fresh. Oh my that's god. So what
1: happens if I iMessage
0: you So right I, now. like I'm leaving the house and I'm like, Shh, I don't have a phone. So I grab my Pixel One and I just throw my SIM card in there and just like leave, and like I've been working all day, haven't had time to think about iMessage. And now I'm like, well, I've got this Pixel 1. It's got a great camera, a screen I can tolerate looking at, and a headphone jack. But why did I order this Pixel 2?
1: Now I don't know what to do. So you're thinking just staying Live Pixel 1. on the Pixel 1. The the, the, the iPhone 7 equivalent. <laughs> I had it. That it was fine. All right, I just iMessage you. It says it's, it's delivered. It's going to come to my
0: laptop. It says it's delivered already. I've been, I've been texting from the laptop all day on iMessage the only person who's actually gotten a text through to me today is Josh Debowski. He switched to a Pixel. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Welcome to no iMessage hell." Oh, uh
2: man. so who knows? I mean, man. I'll tell you I'll tell you what. Like I don't know. I, Google will ship a thing to like adjust the screen. I am okay not having the perfect screen because yeah. there's so many other things here that make me happy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I really, what are the other things? I really want that camera. The camera. It's the camera. The it's, camera is great. The speakers are also very, very good. Um, it, it, when I say, okay, Google, it actually hears me, whether it's on or off from across the room. I just activated it. Sorry. Um, in a way that no other Android phone ever has. Um, battery life uh, is very good for me. It's uh, It's fast. I prefer the way Android does notifications. I prefer the way Android does multitasking. Um, there's no crazy bad Samsung stuff on here. It's, it's just like you run down the list of all the things that you want from a phone, and not only does this like hit a bunch of checkboxes, it like pounds a nail into them. Yeah, that's a bad metaphor. But uh, just they just.
1: But do you like looking at? There's it? no hanging chats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Twist a knife into the heart of the American electorate, there, Paul. <laughs> Will people in Florida like this phone, or they'll be hopelessly confused? I right.
2: mean, I'm the guy who sets his screen brightness down one notch lower than looks great in order to get that little bit of extra battery life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's not the most important thing to me. I think it's going to be really. And I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be like an apologist for the screen, like. To be very clear, yeah. everything everybody has said about the quality of the screen and how disappointing it is is tr- is right. Yeah, but I am I am not having a, a, a giant existential crisis about it. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Well, I mean, I'm going to get it. We'll see. I just have a feeling that what's going to happen is I'm I'm going to look at it and be sad and then leave the sim in the Pixel One until the iPhone 10 comes out, whenever that is. And then the iPhone 10 is going to have an OLED screen, and I'm just hoping that Apple has solved these problems. Yeah. Because in my mind, no one has ever made a, a OLED screen that looks as good as the iPhone LCD. Or uh, LG's previous LCDs looked really good, too. LCDs look really good. OLEDs look insane to me. That's just my personal... Except on TVs. Yeah, but they're, they're the, everything they're doing... I mean, this is like an interesting thing to get into somehow. LG's OLED TVs are great. Samsung makes LCD TVs. Samsung's OLED phones are great-ish. LG has been LCD displays. LG makes the LCD and the iPhone. So it's just like
1: mm-hmm. these two
0: companies went wildly different directions.
1: I, I do but think there's... Uh, I would like to see a trend towards screens that look more like paper and you don't want your TV to look like paper. Yeah. You want your TV to be ultra real. Also, but the pixel immersive. density of a 4K TV is way lower than a. Phone. It's not just about pixel density, like it's something like like the Kindle. Yeah. Like if you think of what you're using a phone for a lot, you're reading text. You don't read text on your TV.
2: Yeah.
1: So like true like...
2: tone on uh, on the iPhone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but there's true tone but like I just would like a screen to eventually look less backlit. Yeah. I want Pixel (laughs) Chi. You want that phone that has the (laughs) e reader on the back of it. Yeah, but it's also on the front and there's only one screen.
0: (laughs) You want a a Kindle. Oh yeah, I
1: want a a Kindle phone. All right, Jeff. Jeff the fire fire phone failed. Yeah. I don't hold that against you at all. (laughs) Kindle phone. You didn't stick to your core competencies. (laughs) You tried a lot of weird 3 <laughs> d why, why did you do all the 3D things?
0: Uh, Andrew, our producer, bought an HTC Evo 3D. Oh. <laughs> you remember that thing with the two cameras <laughs> and the 3D screen? It just caused a sensation in the office. It's really exciting. Everybody wanted to look at that phone, and then everyone got tired of it and put it down. <laughs> exactly. All right. I. What, Dieter, what's your last word here? Basically, look at it and see if you like it?
2: Yeah, go to a store and look at it, but apparently don't go to Google's pop-up stores because it's run by some rando third-party company, and they're, like, sneakily charging an extra 30 bucks for the phone. That's perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you can't look at the phone because you'll either be scammed or Google just won't ship one to you. Yeah. That's great. How are they doing on shipping, by the way?
2: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, mine doesn't isn't due to come for another week, um, but presumably they're getting the first batch out. Mine... Oh, I was
0: supposed to do a dramatic reenactment. Okay. I, I found a window over the weekend, and I ordered one. It's supposed to come on Tuesday. But
1: why somebody, would you dramatically reenact? Because I that.
0: tweeted I got one, and someone's like, "You're supposed to order on the
1: vergecast." You've broken tradition. Oh, that's that is true, and I'm right. offended. Let's do. Let's quickly. I think that's a
2: curse for the I think fans. You cursed.
0: It's just your, by, your pixel. Why don't by you just doing buy that. me a
1: phone deal? real quick.
0: All right, no, it's a dramatic reenactment. <laughs> so it's just pretend. Nobody asked, but I'm staying
1: with the iPhone 7. <laughs>
0: <laughs> out selling the 8. Yeah.
2: Okay, a, um, it's it's a phone, I'm at store.google.com. Fine time. <laughs> Neil is making, like, pretend keyboard motions with his hands right now. <laughs> now. So everybody... <laughs> everybody, everybody <laughs> no,
1: the way, the way you know that Neil is actually <laughs> buying a phone is if uh, we ask him a question. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: And uh, unlocked. Uh, black and white is out of stock,
1: of course. 128. Although I will say, I would really like to, to go over to like Project... Whoa, this is way in stock. Project Phi or something. Wait, which color?
0: Uh, uh, All black, 128. XL2. Ships October
1: 22nd. Dang. Good for Wow. You. So I bought it. Nice. The black sure one. did. The black one in stock.
2: Definitely I, the bought white this white one, phone. not so much. I'm switch
1: to this thing. I'm having the worst... T-Mobile service.
0: Oh, and the 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 kind of blue is just gone. It's not even in the store anymore. It was <laughs>
1: it's just, yeah. Just cool. memory
0: wiped it. <laughs> Too cool to sell. Oh, uh, it might be a Verizon. Okay, I'm gonna read an ad. And then this is exciting. Our friend Russell Brandom is gonna join us and tell us how Wi-Fi is completely insecure now. Crack. <laughs> <laughs> Cr- crack. <laughs> This episode of The Verge Cast is brought to you by Parachute. Parachute makes the softest, comfiest sheets you'll ever own. The quality is immediately noticeable. The sheets are made in Portugal by a family-owned factory by true experts made from the best materials like 100% long staple Egyptian cotton. Plus, parachutes, sheets, last and last. They actually get softer and better as you use and wash them. So visit parachutehome.com verge for free shipping and returns on your order. Plus, Parachute offers a 60-night trial, so if you don't love it, send it back. But I don't think you're going to want to go another night without these sheets. That's parachutehome.com slash verge, for free shipping and returns. All right. Russell. Yeah. How's it going?
3: Good, good. Living life. <laughs> Great.
0: Uh,
2: so there was a huge— Actually, can I just, just point out— if you guys don't know Russell Brandon, he's he's our one of our security reporters. he's incredible. And the thing I love about Russell is as chill as he was just then is how chill he is when something as insane as all Wi-Fi being critically <laughs> broken and, yeah and he's just like, oh my God, Russell, no Wi-Fi is secure anywhere ever. And he's like, yeah, wait, so I'm Russell, okay. let's
0: Great. just start at the start. no Wi-Fi yeah. is secure anywhere ever is that that's the case um. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, walk us walk us through the exploit known as crack.
3: Okay, okay. So, so uh, essentially, there's this protocol called WPA2, which you may have seen if you were setting up a router recently, as I think a lot of our audience probably was. Uh, and so, it's just a, it's it's basically what you, it's how you encrypt Wi-Fi at this point in, in this modern age. Uh And it's been the same protocol for 13 years, and and no one's had a problem with it. But this guy, uh, this researcher in Europe, discovered that uh, the details of of it are actually kind of cool. You can go, if you're at all technically minded, the paper is public. Uh, Basically, you can get, because packets drop wirelessly a lot, especially when you're setting up Wi-Fi, it will just keep resending one part of the authentication process, and you can just have it sent to you three times. And then that's enough to give you an edge to sort of decrypt what the password is. So the question of like how much you can get from this varies from thing to thing. It's sort of worse on Android than it is on Microsoft or, or uh, is it worse on the
0: router side or the device side?
3: Um, well, it's worse. Ultimately what you're trying to do is compromise a device, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, that's that's the most common attack is that you're masquerading as the router and then you're, you're doing the internet through the router. The router itself, it, it's kind of a more complicated thing. It is vulnerable. You do want to patch your router, but that's not really the biggest number one concern because the most common attack is I'm going to use this to pretend to be the router and pretend to be the internet and sort of slip malware into your web page, right?
2: Got it. Okay. So So why is Android more vulnerable than these other platforms?
3: because everyone implements the protocol a little differently it's specifically marshmallow which is a few versions old but is also the most common android uh version just by usage uh so it's yeah it, it has to do with what do you do when you reset the key the whole thing is uh a res- res- it, the kr and crack stands for key reset and so what does it do when it resets the keys and android has this one condition that you can trigger if you're clever enough that uses this predictable all zero key Uh, or or one part of the key is all zero. It's not just the password is six zeros, but like this one element of it is all zeros, which lets you effectively steal the key in a way where like in the other ones, you're leveraging, knowing something about the key to do some more complicated attack. Whereas it's, it's really bad specifically in marshmallow. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I think the, the tricky thing is companies, have known about this for a little while like the guy did the right thing and told people you know in July and August hey this is coming but the patches are not really ready yet cuz everyone has been taking this profile I think for granted for like years and years <laughs> so, so like you need to re and also in some ways it has to do with this very deep aspect of the protocol so every implementation of it is kind of broken in a different way and you have to come up with some completely new way to implement the protocol, so it's it's really hard. Uh, and they still, you know, we did the rounds and asked everyone, and everyone said, "Well, you know, in a couple of weeks, like that, that's about when it'll happen."
0: Wow. So I I noticed um, router manufacturers all did it first. Like Eero put out yeah. a press release. They're like, "We're done. It's happening. It's rolling out." That's not it. You're yeah. saying that's not enough to actually protect you.
3: Yeah, because then the thing is, if someone's pretending to be Eero but they're pretending to be Eero with an old version of the thing then your phone doesn't really know the difference your phone has to not accept it if it's the other thing so so that protects the router but it doesn't protect your phone
0: right so this so what you're describing is a man in the middle attack right so someone gets near you and they figure out what network you're connected to then they do something to collect packets from your phone they crack the key and then they impersonate that network and then they just start putting stuff on your phone.
3: Yeah, I would even say that right now, security researchers at all of these companies are looking at the man in the middle and they're asking him to change his ways. (laughs) Oh my God, Russell, you're done. (laughs) It
0: was great talking (laughs) to you, buddy. No! No! The the cackling
1: here is out of control. So I I remember... (laughs) I remember there was a time. There was a time when you could. I think it was a great joke. Uh, there was a time when you could. When WPA was fine, and then and then it was like, that's not safe anymore. You got to use yeah. WPA two. Well, why isn't there like? Are people talking about a new protocol? Because you sound like it sounds like if everybody's implementing this fix, it was a fundamental flaw in the protocol to begin with. And so if those fixes are different, will that like mess up compatibility?
3: Um well, I mean you're you're making the fix for this device, right? So so you know, the protocol mm. is everyone kind of meets in the middle and that that middle point can still be fine, but they have to sort of add some extra structure on each side to make sure that the attack doesn't work.
1: That
0: makes
3: sense. Um they are I mean they're always working on the next version and and there is, you know, WPA3 is a real thing that will happen. Uh that the word so far has been one that we don't need to wait to WPA3 to, to have a version that's not vulnerable to this. Like, ultimately, that will be the best fix. But we can, for however long that takes, we can have secure versions that are just, like, slightly more complicated and, like, weirder to deal with. Uh, and then the other thing is people said, oh, well, why don't I go back to the other one? WEP is the one that, like, you can probably set your router to but also has some problems. And the the researchers actually said it on the page. They were like, "Do not take away from this that you should switch your router to WEP. Like, it's that's not a good idea. Please don't." Um, well, so the other thing I should say is the good news is that because this is a Wi-Fi bug, it's not like catastrophic. Like, I think if there's an internet-based bug, a lot of times it just spreads really, really far, really fast, and it becomes this scary, fast-moving thing. Whereas Wi-Fi bugs, you really have to be like sitting outside someone's house in your hacker ski mask <laughs> so like that's not a comforting thought but also it's it's unlikely that we'll get there right
1: yeah i mean paul just don't mind me when i'm sitting house. <laughs> <And> there's, is, <laughs> it, there's no indication right that anybody's actually used this like that
3: it like yeah and, and also i think the, so so the 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 phase of life for these things is they we have the vulnerability there isn't uh, an exploit program that takes advantage of this vulnerability that's, like, easily available. I mean, maybe there is somewhere, but it's not public. We couldn't, you couldn't go out and find it. Uh, so that's good. And and hopefully it will take as long for them to, make, to code up the exploit as it does to deploy the patch. Uh, so, you know, it's not a great situation, uh, but I feel like it's probably not the worst thing, unless, like, literally someone was waiting... To be like, I'm really gonna hack, you know, I'm really gonna hack Dieter. I'm just gonna wait for this bug, and then I'm gonna go outside his house in a ski mask. Like that's the scenario, which again, well, it's I not would great.
0: suggest, for example, <clears throat> uh, the president of our country is tweeting from an Android phone.
3: <laughs> well, yeah,
0: uh, I'm just—it's like that's there, right? It's—it's it's
1: reality. What? What if? What if someone's phone is patched uh, or laptop is patched? But their router, like I can, um, I'm, a lot of people do not update their router software. If they have a relatively old router, it might yeah. not update automatically. I, in fact, I know a lot of routers are kind of a pain in the ass yeah. to update the firmware. But is Are you still vulnerable if the router is vulnerable, but your device it has been patched?
3: So this is what happens with all these vulnerabilities. We saw this with stage fright in Android, where you like fix the obvious attack. And then people kind of get clever, and they're like, well, what if I did this other thing? And what if I, like, took it, you know, came at it this other way? And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what's going to happen. Like, that's, uh, you know, the, the question is, okay, if your router's not patched, then can someone use this to somehow put malware on your router, and then they'll use that malware to put malware on your phone, which is a little bit more complicated, but... Is totally a good a good thing to protect against and, and a, a reason right. to update your router.
0: I can't wait for Verizon you, to try to it? instruct its entire customer base on how to upgrade oh, the God. Action Tech M seventy twelve or whatever it is. Like well
2: it literally requires downloading a bin file. file. Is this thing scary enough to sort of kick everybody in the ass and make uh Android security updates, router security updates, internet of things sec- you know, security updates? Yeah. <laughs> is it enough to make people actually care and actually start to secure these things and actually get updates pushed through the way that they ought to be? Or are we going to be like, ah, it's a thing, it's bad. And then a month from now it's back to business as usual. And there's just a whole, there's just millions upon millions of different kinds of devices that just have this security hole and we're going to forget about it. Like is the scale of people freaking out about this high enough to actually affect actual genuine change in the ecosystem of things that are supposed to be getting security updates and just aren't,
3: yeah. So I would say it's even the door number three, which is it will not even take a month for it to be back to business as <laughs> <laughs> usual. Um, it's, it's bad. Uh, I mean, I think the thing the thing is so my gloss, and I, I tweeted this was that um, it's it's sort of hard to exploit, but also hard to patch which is kind of a recipe for this just going on and on forever. And like years from now, there will still be devices that are vulnerable to it. And it'll be one of the things where like, if you hire someone to, to do a security check on you, it'll be one of the first things they'll check and people will probably be finding vulnerable devices to this for years to come. Yeah. Great.
0: Cool. Uh, <laughs> all we're all doomed.
1: Gonna die.
0: <laughs> well, if you're interested in hacking, Russell and I are on a show together, the Mr. Robot Digital After Show. So you got to watch Mr. Robot, mm-hmm. which is about hacking and capitalism and hacking capitalism. All right. And then we are on right after it, live on the Verge's YouTube page, where we chat. Megan Frock mentioned on that show with us. you got all kinds of guests. Sam Esmail is going to be on this season.
1: Weirdly, your show you
3: is watch. just about capitalism. Yeah, that's all I care about. <laughs> it's a strange spin. <laughs> it's really weird. We you just don't talk even socks. really have to watch You don't even really have to watch Mr. Robot. You can just go straight to the after show.
0: (laughs) It is a good time. We run a lot of clips. You can catch right up. Uh, Anyway, thank you so much, Russell. Uh, Thanks for being here. Please, if you can come to my house and patch all my
1: devices for me, that would be great. Would you say this conversation was kind of like a four-way handshake?
3: It it was very much like it. There's there's only two people in the four-way handshakes. They just shake hands four times. Seems like a bad name. Are
1: they shaking hands with both hands at once?
3: They're like passing stuff back and forth, so each handshake is different, but it's like, that seems like a two-way handshake to me. Yeah, that's just
1: four single handshakes.
3: Yeah, and they happen really fast, like at the speed of light. Got it. All All right, (laughs) Thank you so much,
0: Russell. (laughs) Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I gotta read one more ad here. You ready? This episode of Vergecast brought to you Squarespace. Yes. <laughs> Hooray. Are you ready to start a new business? Make it all stand out with Squarespace. Beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website. You can showcase your work, your blog. You can publish content. You can sell products and services of all kinds. Just a few clicks. You can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products. And you can use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time. Not to mention, everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. And with over 200 extensions to choose from, Squarespace offers a new way to buy domains. Best of all, there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. But if you do have a question, Squarespace has award-winning, 24-7 customer support to help you out. A dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. This is by far their best
1: tagline. So good. So good.
0: Make it a reality with Squarespace. So head to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to go, use offer code VERGE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And Squarespace.com, offer code VERGE. The dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. They should stick with that one. Yeah. And even if they change it, we're going to stick with that. (laughs) That's where I'm at. Okay, Paul.
1: Oh, gosh. Did you forget?
0: Yeah, I forgot. (laughs) 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 Every week... No oh, one man. ever forgets Paul does a segment
1: called waiting for safari to load. <laughs> that's a good segment <laughs> called hmm.
0: Ca- called. I don't know, dude. <laughs> can I, can I name it for you? Sure. <laughs> $80 dancing
1: hot dog costume. Oh gosh. <laughs> a, a snap. <laughs> a, a camera company. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your whole segment. I think that's a pretty good one. I'm sorry. I forgot. Okay, so
0: every week, Paul does a segment. Yeah. No one ever forgets. No. And it's called...
1: Snap, a camera company. <laughs> Got it. What 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 happens in your segment, Paul? You look so sad. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot the segment. <laughs> um, I don't know. Nothing looks really standing out to me. It's a problem. I think this camera... Oh! I know what I want to talk
0: about. The
2: Sony, the Sony 360 camera. All right. Or the Samsung 360 <laughs> camera. We're going
0: to do, do one more time, a third right. time. Every week on the Verge cast, no one ever forgets. It always happens. It always goes off without
1: a hitch. Paul does a segment that is called... Smells like a competitive foothold in the machine learning um, <laughs> segment of the economy. <laughs> Spirit, (laughs) so close. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Intel (laughs) is releasing its first of the Intel Nirvana, but they spelled it weird. Neural Network Processor family, or NNP for short. Um, I'm really excited about this. They they are making processors there they bought this company that that, that that was doing this but they're they're making processes that they are specifically designed for training neural networks but it's just it's really interesting because it's just a really weird processor like they they, they the they laid it out way different like if, if you take a typical processor you've got the cores in the middle and then you've got a large cache that they access. Um, And this processor is more about like putting the cache next to each of the cores. I don't know. There's just some really interesting stuff. I'm still like reading up on it and learning about it, but I'm really excited about like very different kinds of processors. And this is definitely... And so this is very focused on machine learning, but I'm, I'm kind of curious if there are other applications that could benefit from this weird sort of chip. I'm also really excited about Flex point, which is their type of floating point number. Okay. So you know how numbers are laid out in memory, like, like a like a like an eight bit number, uh, like goes up to two fifty five, like powers of two. Of floating point numbers for machine learning, you typically have to have like a thirty two bit number to have like a large enough mm-hmm. number. They're doing it. With FlexPoint, you can use a 16-bit number and then share the exponent, uh, which is only five bits, across a bunch of numbers all at once. What does that let you do, other than name it FlexPoint? Um, it makes it f- faster. <laughs> I mean, you're using, you're using less memory yeah. to, um, to represent all the numbers that you need, and therefore it's faster. I like it. I don't know. It smells like a competitive foothold in the machine learning market. S- spirit. And yeah, the market spirit. <laughs> the
0: market spirit. The spirit of the market. That's the name of your boat. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, we should talk about the Pixel chip.
2: Oh, The yeah. secret chip. Oh, yeah. What, it's, what's it called? The something something core?
1: The like visual core? Visual core? I had that tab open yeah. somewhere. Um,
2: what's yeah, weird visual is, core. Like They knew they had this. They told me they had this before it when I did the big Google feature, um, and they're like, "But you can't talk about it." I was like, "Why? Why not? You should be telling everybody." They're like, "No, we're gonna announce it later." I was like, "But, but what if you announced it right away when you announced the phone?" No, we're gonna wait. <laughs> so it's like this big surprise. It's like, "Hey, Jay, hey, look at that! We've got another chip in there." Um, but it's not so on the Pixel Visual Core. It's not on. Uh, what's the opposite of vestigial? It's like pre- prestigial. Yeah, um, prestigious. This is like
1: know. an appendix? Pre-used. No, that's not right.
2: Yeah. yeah. They're going to use it to speed up HDR. There is, when you do pixel or portrait mode on the Pixel or you do any like particularly compute intensive things, there is still a little bit waiting to load. So it'll probably get rid of that. Uh, but they're also opening it up to every other third-party camera app that wants to use it. So other camera apps, other things will be able to use this thing. I'm betting my hunch... This is just, I'm just speculating wildly here. Um, but the other thing that they announced for the pixel that they're not shipping is those AR stickers, those like stranger things, AR stickers and other AR stickers. I'm wondering if this is also like an AR core thing that it's a visual core does like visual processing, but they also, it, it makes AR stuff work a little bit better. And that is why they didn't launch those stickers right away as those stickers depend on this chip to work.
0: So what's the, the holdup?
2: So it's, it's a wild guess. Uh, you know, stuff, <laughs> reasons. It's pretty wild Google. that you had a
1: chip ready before you had the software ready. Yeah. Like, chips yeah. are pretty hard to make. I don't know a lot about chips. Yeah. But they sound pretty hard to make. <laughs> There's <laughs> caches. I, I, I do think of this as a large... Tri- like, you know, Apple's got its bionic thing. Apple, uh, Google has, uh, like, the, the t- tensor processing units. Like, there's a lot going on right now. Like, you know, Google led off its Pixel presentation, like, Moore's Law is dead, so we put a really old processor in our <laughs> phone. <laughs> but, you know, most of the improvements that you get these days in performance are from really specialized hardware and not from the basic CPU.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. All right. Dieter, we have a few minutes left. Okay. Let's talk about Microsoft. You also visited Panos this week. You had a busy week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-
2: yeah, it was a real a very busy, busy week. week. Uh, we flew up to uh, Redmond and hung out with Panos and, and Ralph and the folks in the Design Lab. Uh, we're going to be doing a follow up story about their uh, their Hardware Lab, um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but what happened was they they announced two new Surface Books, a new thirteen point five inch and a new a brand new all new never before seen fifteen inch. They look basically the same as the current uh, Surface Books. Uh, they still have the hinge. The hinge is a little bit sturdier now, so it can hold a bar- bigger screen. They did the thing that is apparently just commonplace now, where they got rid of the fans in the uh, i5 version of it, in the tablet, so there's no fans in the in the top of it anymore. Um, and they also put uh, big, serious, very serious NVIDIA graphics cards in there. So there's a 1050 in the 13 and a Whoa. 1060 in the 15. Yeah, so like I didn't like hit it hard enough, I think, in my write-up, but it's a big deal that these laptops have those graphics cards I have two, um, and they also
1: go ahead. Oh, I have two questions for you. Yeah. Are the graphics cards in the keyboard and you only have it when oh, yeah. you plug it in?
2: That's correct. Yeah. There's no way you could fit that in that little thin tablet.
1: Okay. So when you're tableting .com. along, you don't have a GPU and then you then plug you've it got in. The
2: standard Intel Adreno, whatever, you know, integrated GPU. That's what runs okay. on the tablet. That That's kind cool. of amazing.
1: I just want to like,
0: Point that out. We have covered for almost a full decade now the dream of the on-demand discrete GPU. And there's been Mm -hmm. external boxes and, like, weird Thunderbolt things and all kinds of crazy shit's been out there. And now it's all just in a two-in-one, and it actually works. Although I will say with the Surface Book, all of the processors actually working the way that you expect them to is... An asterisk, my
1: other, but
2: it probably actually works. <laughs> my other question is, the original yeah, they're, st- they're eighth generation KB lakes too, so they're quad, eighth generation Intel's are the same as seven, but they can make them quad cores now, yeah. So there's I, more, probably, yeah. I kind of want, this. I've been looking for like thin, you know, there's a, a few of these thinner
1: laptops with 1050s and 1060s coming out, but this might be my this is your one, my ideal. I don't know. So, yeah. the other question, does it shock you when you try to disconnect? <laughs> the first Surface book would shock me. Uh, the first service Regularly. book is going to go
0: down in history is a misfire of a product. Right? And like You think so? Yeah, I mean it just it had the it had the Intel chip problems. It was hurting yeah. people with yeah, electricity. It was me. <laughs> right? It's just like it, they didn't execute it perfectly right. And it was it was just broken in fundamental ways. But you if this one is everything they think it is, or say it is, it's kind of an amazing like just the the fact that you can dock into a 1050 or 1060 like literally, that has been a thing. Remember, Sony made those Vios back in the day, and they had like the Vio GPU station, and it was like a huge box, and you could just like plug a Thunderbolt, like an optical
1: Thunderbolt cable, into it. I don't remember that at all, but I do. Rem- I mean, there there are a lot of external GPUs yeah. now on the market. I don't remember Sony doing it.
0: Sony had when it was like literally the 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 sell of the product was like this laptop is very fast. I, but once you get home, you can plug <laughs> it into something that is
1: fast. It's very good. Uh, it was very- well, because theoretically, they could sell you a new base, right? Yeah. It's like this one has the, the new GPU, like the it. 1170 in it or the 1160. Yeah, the Vio Z. It, uh, it was Light Peak.
0: Remember Light Peak? This is the ancient tech history. Light the Vio Z. Uh, and the the dock was called the Power Media dock. <laughs> the Vibe Z was like a beautiful, thin laptop. It was just not very fast. And you plug it in with this optical version of Thunderbolt. Oh, this is like
1: 2011. Yeah, it was ancient. I don't ancient. No, we'll remember saying. this at all.
0: Anyway, so Dieter, you wrote a piece, and I, I want to get into this piece of it as deep as we can in the time we have left. I feel like Apple's MacBook situation right now is not great. So right. Uh, Casey Johnson, who is an excellent writer who generates the Wirecutter, wrote a piece for the Outline being like, these keyboards are a disaster. Marco Arment followed up and was like, keyboards are a disaster. John Gruber was like, these keyboards are a disaster. The port situation. Marco
2: Arment also said USB-C is a disaster. Yep. Um, and USB-C and is kind of a disaster. Everything he wrote was right. And I definitely kept myself from... Uh, Pointing out that I've been screaming about this for three years now (laughs) Right, so like it's it's hit ahead because you've been screaming
0: about it. Yeah, but you still soldier on in the dongle life Um, I do our we said this on the circuit breaker live our IT department Won't even stock the touch bar MacBook Pros Because they think the battery life is insufficient for Mm -hmm. the people who work. That's not the verge There's like a different set of people in our company And we wanted one for the show. And they're like, yeah, we don't have those. We don't stock them because the battery life isn't good. Um, So the ports are an issue. A lot of people are buying 2015 MacBook Pros. Mike Isaac, the great tech reporter for the New York Times, tweeted the other night, my MacBook Air is dying, but I don't want a new one. What do I do? 500 people replied to him that was like, this is garbage. So whatever is happening, maybe the products are great and that no one is brave enough, courageous enough to see where Apple's going. But there's definitely an opening in the market where people are not happy with the MacBook Pro, and Microsoft is trying can to. Can I get say something them, about? Right?
2: Can I say something about this just very briefly? Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna piss off a bunch of people. Um, I I had a bunch of Apple people also mad at me about saying the, the you know the pixel camera is better than the iPhone eight. Um, when it comes to defending the MacBook and a little bit defending the iPhone, um, I'm getting a distinct like. Windows phone fan by from, from Apple fans like there's a there's a defensiveness that isn't necessary like you don't need to get this defensive about Apple stuff Apple stuff is pretty good but there's like a there's a general sense out there that they've been missing the mark and nobody really knows quite how to say it in a way that feels totally accurate and not just ranty but there's a bunch of like missed marks yeah. Just in general. So
0: here's what I've been thinking That's, about. Yeah. We should talk about the service book. Well, first, finish that, and then yeah. I'll, I'll I'll say the thing I've been workshopping about the Apple missing the mark because I've been turning over my head. But Panos just basically told you straight up, we're going for the Mac. Like, that is the oh, market yeah. we want to get because we see the opportunity. We have,
2: we have seven hours more battery life than the MacBook Pro. We are this much more powerful than the MacBook Pro. Uh, usually, when you talk to people at a company, they'll say, than the competitor, or we think it's very good on its own merits, and we don't talk about the competition by name, right? Microsoft is not doing that. They are just straight up saying, this is better than a MacBook Pro.
0: Yeah. And they know, yeah. like, they seem to know it, right? They're confident about it. The only yeah. thing that is holding them back is that they run Windows, and a lot of people really like Mac OS. Mm-hmm. But then Dan Siever was pointing out, like, they're – they're making Windows 10 act pretty Mac-like with like a bunch of swipes
1: and I swoops. I like that they're doing the swipe stuff. I gotta say the the Fall Creator Update is kind of hitting me the wrong way. Yeah, it's like it's like you don't like the fluent. Well, the the, th- the things I've seen of the fluent design, I'm not super excited about. Uh, this like Cortana like collects all your favorite things for some reason. Oh my! <laughs> There's a new it's Cortana feature where where she pops up like it. Clippy. Don't gender the robots. I'm sorry. Well, it's a girl in the halo. <laughs> don't, don't don't gender the robots. Okay. There's a a, a a new Cortana feature where it pops up like Clippy when you're on a website. It's like, hey, I see you're trying to buy the newest book by Bill Gates. Would you like me to add this to a list of books that you want to buy or something? Um, which is weird. But then the, the UI for it is like, it's kind of... I don't know. I, I see what
2: they're trying to do. I just don't think they're doing a
1: very good job of it.
2: But basically... It- I will give Microsoft credit, though. They do a better job in Cortana of giving you lots of, like, checkboxes and settings to turn off what Cortana does or does not know about you in a way that uh, neither Siri nor Google do well.
1: Right. Yeah, and I don't I don't feel creeped out by it. I just, like, I have Cortana turned off on my yeah. Windows desktop. I just... I, I, I don't want Microsoft to say... Look at all the new features that we added to the computer. It's like, I know how to get my computer to do things. Yeah. I I get apps and they do the things that I want them to do. And those apps are mostly games <laughs> and, you know, software <laughs> to make games and, you know, coding software, some of which is made by Microsoft and they do a good job at that. But show, showing me how many new things they're piling into the operating system just doesn't excite me. It's like, wait. Yeah. I feel like your operating system is good right now because it is relatively minimal. And uh, don't don't go crazy. They're trying to give you little gifts. I just like uh, They thing. don't feel like gifts to me. <laughs> they're, it's like when someone gives you... Yeah, they actually... No, they're exactly like gifts. It's when somebody gives you a gift, but you didn't actually want it. Is this, but you can't throw it away. Was this you,
0: Dieter? Someone mailed what? me an IR repeater today, or ages ago, and I was just sitting in the thing, in a gift bag, and the card just says... This is the only way. I don't want that gift. Who would, why would? Was that you? Why would
2: anybody do that to you? No, it was that's, just, it was 100% that's just was hundred percent Dieter. so mean. It's all. It's almost like someone knew that you had feelings about not getting enough <laughs> lights on your AV system, and they wanted to suggest a solution to that's you. Definitely Dieter. It, I want, it, It's almost like the joke would have come off a million times better if you hadn't let it sit in the goddamn <laughs> mailroom for a month. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it arrived the day the review came out. And it would have <laughs> oh, no. been perfect. Wow. It just sat there. I didn't know
0: what wow. it, was. I thought it was. And
2: I couldn't it be was like,
0: a weird hey, did you bag? get any packages? Because then you would have known it came from me. Oh, I'm sorry, Dieter. Well, thank wow. you for sending me an <laughs> IR blaster. You're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Can I offer you my workshopped Apple line? Because mm-hmm. we've been yes. doing the show, Circuit Breaker Live. and We have all these old Macs on the show. We've got... Yeah. We literally... Our producer disassembled an iMac G4 with the arm and mounted a Surface tablet in the display because we need HDMI out so I can, like, look at tweets. It's a whole thing. A lot of metaphors in that, by the way, but. Well, you just can't do it with an iPad. You just can't get 16 mm-hmm. by 9 HDMI out, which is what we need for the show. So we mounted a thing. Anyway, and then we have an old iBook. We've got a bunch of old Apple stuff, a bunch of old, it's just the set. Mm-hmm. It's the decoration for the set. And I'm looking at that stuff, and all of it is so whimsical and like inviting, and f- it's funny. Something like that. That tangerine iBook is just like a funny thing. With the handle, yeah. You just want to toilet you, seat. You yep. want to look at it. You want to hold it. You want to think of like. It's just a, there's something about them that is so much more human than what Apple is doing now, where it, Apple is consistently demanding that people adapt to the products instead of the products inviting you to use them, and it's just. The more it just keeps going, I think that's the thing that people are reacting to when when you say Dieter, they're missing the mark. The Apple is saying, "Okay, we've removed all the ports. Now the market will create USB-C peripherals, mm-hmm. right?" Like that is they're demanding that you adapt to them, like, quite literally. In a well, case of many that was something of these they were doing in the the Bondi Blue era. Yeah, but they got rid of a bunch I mean, they of proprietary did with Apple connectors for a universal standard, right? Right. That was like a different kind of move. and it's, They've certainly done it before. Um, don't get me wrong. But the, just as we've been spending a couple hours a week on the set that is dressed with old Apple products, it just has struck me over and over again. These products used to make tons of affordances to people. Hmm. They were very – the products weren't aware. The people who made the products were deeply aware that human beings are like not great at technology and they made them inviting in different ways, hmm. and now, you know, the phone is getting—it's just becoming a more and more faceless piece of glass,
2: right? Right. And it's like something. But they there's put something an emoji on it, huh? Aren't an emoji inviting? Aren't an emoji inviting?
0: Yeah, I think it's the—it's less the software than the hardware. I think I think iOS 11 yeah. compared to like iOS 7 is a much more inviting thing. Like iOS yeah. 7 compared to iOS 11 was like, I don't know, man. It was it was like. Being on cocaine in the eighties or something—it was just not a very, like a very sterile it. place.
1: I was, I'm an iPhone iOS seven yeah. fan for life. Yeah. Okay. So it was, yeah, it was a great time. It
0: was insane. <laughs> but anyway, that's just my theory. It's just something I'm, it's I'm noodling. So it's uh, it's not like a complete thought. Here's something I've been noodling. Yeah.
2: So actually, I, like, I gotta uh, I gotta do one thing, Paul, and then I'll let you finish yeah, yeah. out. Um, if you haven't read the Surface Book post, it's a standard you know, gadget announced post, but make sure you go read the back half because Microsoft did something kind of crazy with me. They blew up the lab tour. This was probably staged, but maybe not. And they showed me different cuts of the launch video for the Surface Book 2, uh, all set to different music that evoked different emotional reactions and it's fascinating that microsoft makes those videos in house instead of farming it out to an external marketing team and the different emotions that they were trying to nail there and like do it in a context of let's make this thing compelling to regular people uh, but let's also i think they didn't say this but like there's like a sense of like what can we do to like have this appeal to mac users who are disenamored with the macbook pro uh, that i feel like that was there the final video they went with was a cover of what was it a cover of? Now I'm already blanking. They did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, go read the back half. If you like, oh, I know what a service book 2 is. I don't need to look at it. You should still go look at it. Yeah, I find anyway, this video sorry, Paul.
1: really enjoyed your piece. I also forget what the song was called. They also brought back the
0: Intellimus Explorer too. Just putting <laughs> that out there. Mice are back. Oh,
1: mixed reality. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> right. oh god I feel like that really crept we up on me we gotta wrap up the show we, we just haven't. I just wanted to say the words mixed reality because I feel like I haven't said this on the show and that's uh, Microsoft's really into that right now they love it you can go to their website they've got all these all these different headsets you can buy and like they have certifications for the different computers they sell whether they're like mixed reality compatible or mixed reality ultra fly me to the moon by the way is what Microsoft used mm.
2: Yes, I can
3: which
0: Uh, is an interesting choice. All right. We got to We got to wrap up this show I had all this other stuff. I want to talk about like the snaps $80 dancing hot dog Costume (laughs) the camera company the camera company. All right, but whatever so it goes Uh, That was our show this week a lot of stuff I want to know what you think about the pixel to screen situation you can tweet at us at backlon at backlon (laughs) Tell him about his photos. He loves it. I'm at reckless Paul's at future Paul. I also want to know how you feel about this Apple this Apple thesis that I've advanced. Because I, you know, I'm just putting it out there in the world. I, it's not my it's not my complete thought yet. It's just I'm tossing it around. So tweet at us.
2: Mm-hmm. You can also can go, I say something super thirsty? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back off on Twitter for a while. I'm gonna start posting to my Facebook page. So search for my name there. I'm gonna start posting videos on my Facebook page. Just chats. Keep an eye out for Dieter bone on Facebook. I'm going to I'm going to put up some thoughts, some feelings on video. <laughs> it's going to be Don't wild. Like it. I
1: yeah. like it. Can you can I get a, a Theseus ship deep dive?
2: Yeah, you sure can. Ship of, okay. ship
1: of Theseus. You can also go to
0: store.theverge.com and order a number of shirts. The promo code there remains promo code. Still going strong. 30% off, I think. Uh and there's a whole bunch of other stuff to listen to. Starting with, why'd you push that button with Caitlin Mm. Ashley, which is great. Go listen to that. Give it five stars. Rate it. Review it. Episodes come out on Tuesday. Lauren Good, who's on the show a bunch. Too embarrassed to ask. Kara Swisher. That show is wonderful. Listen to that. Kara herself does Recode Decode. And Peter Kafka does Recode Media, all of which are excellent podcasts in the armada of the Vox podcast network, of which The Verge is the flagship.
3: Verge Cast is the flagship.
0: Boat number one. Boat numero uno. That is it for this week. We'll see you next week. Rock and roll.